Welcome to Trash Talk, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lady Core Kids. Welcome to the show. It's Friday. We're going to start your weekend off right. Trash Talk Season 3, Episode 2. Let's do it. I got, uh, of course, a great co host tonight. Austin is in Florida. So, you know, we got to get the next best thing. He might even be better. He might just be that tier above. It's Josh Finney from Tower Casuals. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Dude, thank you for being here, man. I mean, you, you've you been killing it. You've been on Q-List Season 3. Now you're on Trash Talk. Man, you're just everywhere. We love you. I really am. I'm, I'm kind of the uh, the Swiss Army knife of uh, put me on a show and I can talk. He gets around, people, and that's exactly what we love. Let's talk some sports. So, like I said, we don't do really the lineup anymore. We kind of do these bigger topics. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. We're going to be talking about Britt Reed. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. But I want to start in the NFL where Julio Jones has been traded to the Tennessee Titans. Falcons make the trade official uh, this past week. This wasn't necessarily a huge shock. Uh, we knew Julio wanted out of Atlanta. And Atlanta really didn't have much reason to, to keep him around. The Falcons agreed to trade the star wide receiver for a 2022 second-round draft pick and a 2023 fourth-round selection. Along with Jones, the Falcons will also send a 2023 sixth-round pick to the Titans. Josh, how do you feel about this trade? I mean, I'm, I think I think it's going to be good for both sides. I mean, Atlanta is clearly going to be going into rebuilding. Um, and we, we thought maybe they would draft a wide receiver this past draft. Or not wide receiver, God, quarterback. I don't know, right. know what I'm thinking anymore. We, we <laughs> thought maybe they would draft a Matt Ryan's assessor. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, but it's pretty clear they have two albatross contracts of uh, Julio and uh, Matt Ryan. They're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley here pretty soon. Uh, just, I I don't know. It, it made sense. It's clear he wasn't happy in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's been one and done, or he's not even made the playoffs so many times. And he's uh, arguably the best receiver in the league. I just... It made sense for everybody, especially after he if they had won the Super Bowl, I think, against the Patriots, he probably would have finished his career there, I think, because, right. OK, hey, I got a title. I got a ring. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Uh, this is him being able to pursue it. Him going to Tennessee, though, that's definitely an Atlanta move. They did not want him to stay in the NFC. Uh, we'd heard over the weekend that the Seahawks, God bless them, were uh, contenders to sign him. He's been talking to Russell Wilson all offseason. But him, I don't think him going to the Titans was necessarily his choice. No, I think I think it was Atlanta's decision because yeah. one, if Atlanta gets good within the next year or two, which I don't, I think they're about four years away from being good uh, again. definitely four years away. Yeah, at least four. Um, you don't want to have to go up against him in the playoffs, and, and, and with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, it's like you know that the Seahawks are going to be waiting there no matter what. Do you want to face him with a weapon that you gave them? No, and no team wants to. Now, there was also the report, and I hate to bring this up, but I have to, <laughs> that one of the reasons he was uncertain about going to Seattle was he didn't know if Russell Wilson would be staying in Seattle. Yeah. Do you give that rumor any credit, or do you say, no, this was purely Atlanta just sending him to the AFC and, and making the AFC a little bit tougher? I think it's a lot more of Atlanta sending him to the AFC and like, okay, we, we only have to play against him if, you know, we get matched up against that division or if we, you know, by God's grace, make it to the Super Bowl against the Titans. Um, the other thing is, I think with Seattle, like it may have been, a, it almost may have been a mutual thing because they already have 
two receivers that can easily be number ones in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. We just spent our second round pick on another wide receiver who's going to be our third. It's just it's it's going to be too much. Like, so what do we do? Bump a second round pick down to our fourth wide receiver or to our return man or what? Like. Yeah, you would have the best wide receiving core in the, not just the wide receiver, just best receiving core in the league by far, but why give up more draft capital to do that? We already don't have a first rounder next year because of the Jamal Adams trade. Um, So I I don't know. I I think this works out for everybody involved, except I don't know if it's the best thing for Julio. Like, not not that the Titans are bad. Let let me get completely straight. But but they already, Derrick Henry give the ball first team. I mean, they are. And Mike for ball is definitely more of a defensive minded coach. Uh, So I don't know. I I don't know how he's going to work. I, it's funny. Like Tannehill's the weakest link in that offense. Now I think uh, of your main core, because you, you have Julio and Brown. That's an awesome tandem. That's awesome. That, that effectively becomes probably the third best one, two punch out in like, the only one I would even put above might be Buffalo. I think Buffalo has a little bit better with Diggs, but then it goes, yeah, we go Buffalo, then Tennessee. I think the Chiefs would, could consider third, but they even might be fourth with their one-two wide receiver. Like, this is a move yeah. that makes a lot of sense here. Do you think it's shocking that it, we had heard the reports that Atlanta was wanting a first-round pick? Do you think it's a little bit surprising that they didn't get one for Julio? No, I don't think it's surprising at all. This is effectively a long-term rental. Um, because if he doesn't like it, correct me if I'm wrong, if he doesn't like this trade after the 2022 season, he's a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent. So yeah, he if, he's, yeah. he's got two chances to make it work. Is that summer 22 or would he be a free agent in 23? Believe it's summer 2022. So he really okay. only has this So, year. yeah, it's not surprising to me at all then. I mean, his salary is huge. I think but, he's the best paid receiver in the league. But like the the like the plus side to ten for Tennessee is right. Okay, you have a winning culture that Mike Vrabel's instigated the second he stepped into that locker room. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's in his prime, which is going to help the rest of the team. Tannehill, yeah, he he may not be your your favorite quarterback in the league, but he's still put up numbers that are. I think incredibly underrated for what he does. I think he's one of the more undervalued quarterbacks in the league. With AJ Brown, man, he I think I think we can find a new life in in, in or in Julio this year than we've seen in the past. And keep in mind too, the AFC I think has weaker defenses across the board than the NFC, especially when you're looking at secondary. So I think you know this is Julio's chance to make a new name for himself in the AFC. I think so too. And I mean, realistically, this may be his last real shot at winning a ring. Um as a max player, I mean, after this, uh, nobody's going to give Julio like a vet minimum. Okay, let's be completely honest. Until he just drops off, he's going to have the Larry Fitzgerald career. You know, he, he's going to go forever until we have to take his legs off of him. Um, I don't see this being horrible. Uh, this, the matchup I have circled is their second week matchup. Uh, Titans versus Seahawks. It's a great matchup. Uh, that's a great match. They opened the season against the Cardinals. Uh, which uh, that'll kind of be your first defensive test for him, I think. Uh, how does he how does he fare against that defense? And I mean, you got to remember they're in the division with they've they've got the Colts, they got the Jaguars, um, they played the Bills this year, they played the Chiefs this year. Like in a row, they played the Jaguars, Bills, Chiefs, Colts, 
and then the Rams. That's that's going to be a pretty brutal stretch. Like they're going to need a lot of productivity from Julio. And that's kind of his, this is an audition, not just for him to see if he wants to stay with the Titans, but for any team that may be interested in him in the off season and can get him without giving up significant capital. It's just a win, win, win. I mean, no matter how you look at it. Now the AFC becomes a little bit more interesting to me because it becomes way like, more interesting to me. It becomes really interesting. I mean, like the AFC, I think is already a pretty dang interesting conference as a whole i mean buffalo is primed and ready this isn't the chiefs conference to lose anymore a lot of teams got a lot better and really you know outside of the playoffs i think we would have said last year that any of these teams were going to to win the afc yeah when it came when push came to shove buffalo faltered in the playoffs um new england wasn't anything I mean, this they year. are the they were the youngest team by average right. age in, in in the entire league so that's to be expected. I mean, the Seahawks did the same thing the first time we went to the postseason with that roster. Lost right. to the Redskins at the last second field goal. Went back and won the Super Bowl next year. Made it to a second one after that. Like, but, but, you know, it's, it's like this. You you look at all the teams in the AFC that are going to be competitive. All mm-hmm. of them, with maybe the exception of Baltimore, got significantly better this offseason. Yeah. Look at what Cleveland did. Cleveland completely fixed a lot of the offensive line issues. Then they worked on the defense, which their defense wasn't terrible last year. But they made it that much better. You look at Tennessee here, adding that extra weapon in a system where in the AFC you have to have four or five players that you can throw the ball to at any given down, and they're going to be able to make the impact. I mean, Tennessee's starting to solidify themselves a little bit more as, man, maybe they maybe they deserve to be in that Super Bowl conversation. Maybe. I mean, if the I defense they deserve, they deserve to be in the AFC championship conversation, I think. I, I don't know if I'd quite elevate them to the Super Bowl yet, just because we saw them fall apart last year in the right. playoffs. And um, it was how bad they fell apart, too. Yeah, it, it was brutal after the Cinderella run the year before, right. right? But you look at the AFC South, and to me, this may be the most intriguing division this, this offseason, because you have the Deshaun Watson legal drama going on. Right. You have... The complete rebuilding of the Jaguars, Urban Mayer coming in, uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously. The Colts have a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. They, I mean, the Colts were great last year. I loved watching them. Um, They are clearly an in-between. We see if Wentz can, you know, much like Julio, will a change of scenery help him a little bit? Um, I think this is, honestly, I think the Titans are probably in pole position to win the division at this point. But the Colts are going to give them one hell of a challenge. I mean, who knows how the Jaguars are going to respond. I think the Texans are just going to continue to fall apart. I mean, the inner, the inner division games are going to be the most intriguing in the AFC South with maybe the exception of the AFC North. Cause the AFC North is always just a fun division mm-hmm. games to watch. But like, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, with the Colts and what they did in the offseason, getting Carson Wentz, we have a new quarterback there in Jacksonville with, uh, with, with Trevor Lawrence and urban Meyer who's coming back and he's trying to establish a name for himself. So like, I feel like the AFC South has more to prove this year than any other year before, where it's like three of the four teams are trying to make a huge name for themselves in a season that's going to be longer than any other season before. And mm-hmm. is going to have a new set of challenges. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's switch gears. Let's go over to the NBA, the NBA playoffs going on. You can catch all the action on ESPN and TNT. Let's 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 break down this Eastern Conference. Then we'll work our way to the West. I mean, this has been an absolutely brutal NBA playoffs. It's been a lot of fun. Philadelphia beat the um, uh, Washington Wizards uh, four games to one in that series. 
Then Atlanta went on to beat the Knicks in a 4-1 series. Miami or Milwaukee swept Miami. And then Brooklyn put it to Boston as they won four, uh, four games or four out of five games against the Boston Celtics. And on the Western side, you look at the Utah Jazz. They took four out of five against Memphis Clippers. Got the win over Dallas. They knocked Dallas out of the playoffs earlier this week in a heartbreaking moment. Now the attention goes to Luka Donick. He's going to sign a $200-plus plus million contract. It's going to be insane. Denver took the win over Portland. They are now playing the Suns, the Suns who beat the Lakers in six games. I mean, this has been an absolutely bonkers NBA playoff. Uh, we are in the conference semifinals right now on the Western side. We have the Jazz going up against Clippers. Right now, the Jazz lead w- one game to nothing. And then Phoenix took a second game last night against the Nuggets. They lead now 2-0. Go over to the Eastern side. The Philadelphia and Atlanta series is tied 1-1. And then Brooklyn leads Milwaukee 2-0. Josh, you look at this NBA playoffs. It's been absolutely insane. I want to start there in Phoenix with the Suns and Denver. The Phoenix Suns were a team that nobody counted out or that, that, that everybody counted out last year. They were the bottom of the bottom, worst of the worst. This year, they come in as the two seed in the West. They beat a Lakers team that was strong. Yeah, they had injury issues, but they, it's still the Lakers. It's still LeBron. To now be lead up 2-0 over the Nuggets. I mean, is the sky the limit here for the Suns? So the Suns are better than anybody gave them credit for. Um, last year, they kind of came into the bubble and shocked everybody. You know, they narrowly made it in, uh, almost took that eighth, almost took the eighth seed and walked into the bu- uh, walked into the playoffs there. Um, I don't think any of us expected them to be the number two seed. They nearly took the number one seed from the Jazz. Um, I think they were like a game and a half out of first place when the season ended. Like, those are two those two top teams nobody expected to be up there. We expected them to be probably like the Jazz. I expected to be around like number four or five. I expected the Suns to probably barely make the playoffs. I thought they'd be kind of down there fighting with the Mavs and the Trailblazers for like that sixth through eighth seed. Uh, and to be frank, that's where I thought the Nuggets would probably end up at too. But to see the Suns, and I mean Chris Paul put on a masterful for, for masterful performance on uh, on Wednesday night. It's it's absolutely insane when you look at this. They are demolishing Denver, and yeah, Denver has. We now know uh, Jokic has Jokic has won the uh, the MVP award for the season. Phenomenal moment too with Adam Silver interrupting their team meeting. Great moment. Um, I personally really like when a reporter asked him, uh, "What did you do last weekend?" and he said he watched uh, five hours of Pokemon at his house. (laughs) Uh, This 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 gigantic big hockey nerd. He's a big hockey nerd. I, I, I like him. You know, it, it's one of the greatest success stories, I think, in NBA history. You know, late second-round pick goes on to become the MVP. Um, you don't hear about second-round picks a lot. Really, the only one that comes to mind immediately for me uh, of the last uh, decade, besides Jokic, is Draymond Green. So, like, that's – you can find some great defenders. They're obviously MVP and Defensive Player of the Year candidates right there uh, and winner eventually for Jokic. I don't know if they get swept – but this Suns team looks unbeatable. The Jazz look beatable, um, which is saying something that the Clippers were came within three of winning. Um, I I don't think the Clippers make it out of the Jazz series, but the Suns uh, the Suns are my choice right now to win the Western Conference. Uh, I'm, so, I'm on the bandwagon right now. Monty Williams, do we just, do we just Monty need to tell Williams should have been Coach of the Year. 
Can we just tell Michael Porter Jr. that when you start the game 0 for 4, maybe like not shoot every shot that you get? So game two last night, he went freaking 0 for 6 to start the night. Uh, dude, just I thought know. I was watching Chris Stops for a second. Uh, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> it was so uh, bad. We're going to talk more about the NBA next uh, week when Austin returns. Hey, so let's go over to the Eastern Conference here. So was it a shock to you that Milwaukee swept Miami? Uh, No. Miami has looked really shaky all season. There were questions if they were even going to make the playoffs at one point. Um, I think they were an example of, you know, I think after last year we all thought, oh, you know, Miami's going to do great. If you watch Miami at all this season, though, you could tell something was off with that chemistry. Um, they they were the bubble darling last year, and I, I'm still surprised that they made it to the finals last year, frankly. Um, them getting absolutely – because they didn't just get beat. They got roasted alive by the Bucks. Uh, Jimmy Butler just could not get it done. He couldn't get anything going. Uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, I think we were a little bit too quick to anoint him as uh, as a superstar uh, after last year. He definitely, it felt like he regressed a bit, almost like how we got with Siakam. Because right. uh, Siakam got so good so quickly. Like, he was great in the title run and then was amazing. And then he you know, kind of came back down to earth a little bit. And it was like, oh, Siakam sucks now. Like, no, he doesn't. Like, Adebayo doesn't suck, but maybe he's not, like, this all-star, like, max-level player y'all are trying to make him out to be. And that's okay. You need those role players. And if you're trying to build around Jimmy, Jimmy and Bam, that's a that's a great duo right there. Right. Like, right. something – and, I mean, Eric Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the league still. Um, this happens. You know, Miami really rebuilt on the fly after LeBron and uh, – LeBron left, Chris Bosh had to retire, Dwayne Wade just retired a couple years ago. Uh, but they, they kept the cap situation fluid. I'm, st- I'm honestly still surprised that Jimmy went there. Uh, but that's fine. The Bucks are getting their comeuppance right now, though. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and Brooklyn's a tough round Jesus two opponent for Christ. them. They don't even have James Harden right now. Like, Kevin Durant is reminding everybody why he's one of the two or three best players in this league. One of the two best. Let's just be honest. One of the two best players in this league. Yeah. Um, he, this is, I, I heard this talk about on the radio uh, this morning when I, when I was going to go get breakfast and uh, it was a local radio host who said this. He was like, Durant is up 2-0 right now against Giannis. Two-time MVP winner right there. And when it's a 2-0 series is when Durant is his most dangerous that it reminded him of the, and I think Bill Simmons said this too, it reminds him of the 2017-2018 playoff runs by Golden State when that's when Durant the Assassin just comes out is when you go up 2-0 because you want to get, if you go up 3-0, like the series is basically over. Let's be honest. You may take a game, maybe two away, but you're you're not winning that series. You're just not. How do we feel about the 76ers? So 76ers had the easiest path to get here, beating the Washington Wizards. Now they're faced with a tough team in Atlanta. Atlanta and them are now tied. Do you think Atlanta progresses into the conference finals, or do you think 76ers are going to be able to hang on? So I, I, I do think the 76ers hang on, but it wouldn't shock me to see the Hawks. I get shocked a lot of people to see the Hawks be so dominant against the Knicks, though. Um I mean, it's, you know, it's the four seed versus the five seed. Like, okay, you kind of expect that in a way. But they just, 
Trey, I mean, Trey Young is showing why he's a superstar. Uh, they've got a great young core there. I, you know, they, they've got Capella, they've got uh, Shea Gillis Alexander. Like, I really, really like the young core of the Hawks over there. I don't, I honestly don't know if the Sixers can get it done. Like, I still think that they do, but Ben Simmons not being able to produce on offense is going to kill them down the stretch. Who's uh, your finals pick and who's your champion? For, oh, for, for the overall playoffs? Yeah, for the overall playoffs. Um, man, I've I've got uh, I've got the Nets coming out of the East. There's just you can't bet against them at this no, point. You can't. Uh, I got the Suns coming out of the West, but and I I really hate saying this, but and to me this is gonna be this is gonna be a boring win. Uh, the the Nets winning the finals. Uh, that is the most bland, boring thing <laughs> I could possibly. But, I mean, if, it would be fun, like if the Suns took them to seven, right? Like that would be. It would be fun if, if the Suns make it competitive, sure. But I think just three extremely seasoned players going up against a largely younger core in Phoenix, outside of Chris Paul. Um, and I mean, Steve Nash has never won it all. He's going to want it real bad. Uh, even winning it as a coach, he, of course, he was an assistant over Golden State, but he wants a ring himself. Uh, and him winning one as a, his first season as a head coach. And I know a lot of people have already been going, like, oh, it's not going to be legitimate if this happens. Like, listen, I don't want to watch Durant in another finals and be like, oh, look, see the swag, the best player in the world. No, no, motherfucker, you couldn't get it done when it was your team. You had to call all, you literally had to call every star free agent or a player that got waived this season and be like, hey, come play with me, come play with come play with me. This is like the senior citizens of the NBA, like all the people who could never get it done on their <laughs> own or with one other person all came to this team. You've got Durant, you've got uh, Kyrie Irving, you've got uh, James Harden, you got Blake Griffin, you almost had LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, don't get me wrong, it, it's at this point – no no team that is in the finals has won a title while I have been alive. And that's awesome. I just don't want it to be the Nets. I want it to be literally anybody but the Nets. I will take the Clippers over the Nets at this point. And that pains See, me. I'm, I, yeah, I'm going Nets and Suns, but I'm going to go with the Suns, man. I want, I, to be clear, like I, my, my brain says Nets, my heart says Suns. Sometimes that happens, man. Listen to your heart, bro. To your heart. Let's go back to the NFL for a second. Uh, former Kansas City Chiefs assistant coach Britt Reed pleaded not guilty Monday to critically injuring a girl, young girl in a crash, but the judge allowed him to resume driving with restrictions. We are reading from ESPN and the AP Press. The judge modified his bond during his arrangement to allow him to have a special interlock device installed that requires him to pass a breathalyzer-type test before his vehicle will start. Reed, the son of Chiefs head coach Andy Reed, was charged with driving while intoxicated, causing serious physical injury in April, two months after he hit two cars on Interstate 435 at Arrowhead Stadium. The collision happened just days before the Chiefs played the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. One of the vehicles... He had hit stalled and uh, he had stalled because of a dead battery, and the second was owned by a cousin who had arrived to help. A child in one of the cars, five-year-old Ariel, suffered a traumatic brain injury. She was also in a coma for five day or for five weeks, and yet Brett Reed is still trying to claim that he is not guilty for driving while under the influence and almost killing two kids. I'm going to say this as nicely as possible. Fuck Brett Reed. Fuck Brett um, Reed. The, I don't understand why he's allowed to even drive with that uh, 
with that device on. This is the guy he should honestly be in jail, wait a pending trial. Yeah. He should be. He was he was driving eighty four miles an hour yeah. shortly before the collision and had a blood alcohol level of point one one three two hours after the crash. The legal limit is point oh eight. This is I, I this guy, yeah, he he's a fucking menace to society. Like you, you should be in jail if you do something like that. Like that's just that's the easiest way to say it. And this isn't his first run in either. No. Which makes it even worse. Um I and you know, for it to happen right before the Super Bowl, obviously, you know, that that drew a lot more attention to it. But this is a guy, I mean, it's it's pretty bad when half your over half your Wikipedia page is uh, legal troubles. Um you know, he, of course, him and his brother went to jail. He's He's been in a road rage incident before where he he brandished a gun at somebody's face. Uh, that, that took years to get resolved. And then there's there, there's this. I don't understand how the maximum you can face in prison for this is seven years. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand how he's not being tried for attempted murder. I mean, uh, that's yeah, this should be attempted manslaughter. Attempted manslaughter. Um. Look, I, yeah, I mean, I, I throw these stories in because, you know, I yes, it has the Kansas City impact, and I live in Kansas City, so this this has been all over the news for the last few weeks. But I think this is part of a bigger issue that we, we need to talk about as sports fans, and that is the NFL should never let him step foot in one of their stadiums again. He should never be allowed to be around a player again. But more, but more importantly, to the fans that have come out in the last few weeks on Twitter, and they said it during the week of the Super Bowl, of saying he should he should just be like, you know, he's he's a member of the Chiefs. We should just let him, you know, we'll, we'll take care of this after the season. It's after the season and people are still trying to give this guy an escape. Like, no. What he did was incredibly wrong. What he did is to the point where he should never be allowed around the league again. Never mind the fact that, yes, his dad is one of the single greatest coaches in the NFL of the last 10 years. His dad can only save him so much. At some point, you have to take responsibility for your own actions, and Brute Reed has never done that. No, he's, he's incapable of it. Brute Reed is absolutely incapable of that, and he should be in prison. Um, I just, I've been so mad about this story for the last few days that I, you know, I threw it onto the list today because I'm just like, no, like this is, this is definitely a screw you. Just you shouldn't be here, man. Nobody like you shouldn't be here. Own responsibility. Get help, man. I I, I can't stress it enough. Get help, Britt. You you yeah. clearly need it. Clearly need it. Let's move on to some happier topics. Well, it's not really happier. <laughs> it's uh, it's still depressing in and of itself. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, and Logan Paul. God, if you if you paid for this. Um, like the one million people did, one million pay per view buys on Sportico. The fight correlated more than fifty million in paper pay per view revenue before the live gate revenue is calculated from Hard Rock uh, Stadium. There is an idea that they made a total of about one hundred ninety-five million in total with everything said and done. That's insane. This wasn't even a real fight either. This wasn't even a real fight. Uh, I'm of the firm belief that Floyd Mayweather knocked Logan out. Oh, he he absolutely knocked him out. If you watch, he was holding him up. But it was was, was the same face, uh, not just for him. but Because, I mean, if you watch it, Floyd was playing with him the whole time. I am. He Floyd was going with him, but this is this. I think Floyd, I, I, I fucking hate Floyd Mayweather as a person, right? But the man knows how to make a buck. 
and knows that there are enough people out there who will pay to see, for whatever reason, the Paul brothers do anything stupid. Um, and knows that by going and doing a real exhibit or by doing the exhibition and then, oh, with that it wasn't a real fight. Let's do it for real. That'll go on our fight cards on our records. He's going to beat the shit out of him in like two rounds. It's, it's going to be over, man. I mean, like, I will I will give Floyd Mayweather credit. His his post fight interview was phenomenal where he's just like, you know what, man? He, he like because Paul was claiming he won. Yeah. So was his brother, like instantly. Like instantly. It's like, okay, yeah, you went the distance. And you went the distance, which okay, sure, we'll give you we'll give you a little bit of credit for that, right? We'll give you a little bit of credit. Floyd pointed out, you know, he's like, dude, he's he's weighing over two hundred pounds. You know, mm. I fight at one forty five. I fight featherweight, and yeah, he's a great grappler, he's great at holding you, but that's just because of his pure size. Mm-hmm. He's like Plunge for plunge, he's like I had him the whole ground, and and yeah, this this seemed like the easiest way to make fifty million dollars. I think Floyd Mayweather's ever had. Oh yeah, and I mean that's that's coming from the guy who refought Manny Pacquiao. That's coming from the guy who fought Conor McGregor. Like th- this has got to be some of the easiest money of his entire career. And we know Mayweather versus McGregor could be happening back and later on this year, maybe in Ugh. December. Maybe. Conor, don't do it, man. Don't do don't it. Do I'm it, telling man. you. No cheaping yourself, man. Uh, hey, it's three weeks, or sorry, two weeks from now. Or no, yeah, sorry, no, it is three weeks. Three weeks from now, we start our NFL preview here on Trash Talk. We're going to be breaking down each division across the NFL. We are going to do this differently, though, than we've ever done. We are going to be only doing one division per week. We're going to start in the east and work our way to the west. I can't wait. That's coming up here in three weeks. But first, let's go over the random ranking. Random ranking sponsored by Raise Energy. Hey, just in time for summer, your favorite zero-calorie energy drink has a brand new flavor. That's right. Pink Lemonade is going to be hitting the website. Go to repsports.com. Use promo code LANDPARTY for 15% off. Get Pink Lemonade before it hits Quick Trip. Quick Trip isn't going to get it for like another month. So get it early. Use the promo code LANDPARTY. Support one of your favorite podcasts. And try out the brand new awesome flavor. I tried it the other day. I got to tell you all. This is this is a close number two in my in my raised rankings. We might we might have to do a full like video ranking of raised energy drinks because they're all great. But like <laughs> pink lemonade, pink lemonade, solid up there. I got to try. I, it. I, I've never tried it before. I well, I, I'm sending care packages out to Laron and Corey anyway because I I had to give Corey a little bit of crap the other night. We were recording um, some. I oh no, we were recording Boss Rush podcast. The dude has a 24 or 12 pack of Monster underneath his desk for E3. Oh my god! And I'm like, dude, you're gonna kill yourself with that. Yeah, Why you're gonna die. Get, you're gonna die. And you know, he just he just ignores it. Speaking of E3, <laughs> all this week, starting tonight at Twitch uh, Twitch TV uh, slash Bosch First Games Live, check out our weekly recap or week or nightly recaps. Man, I can't talk today. Nightly recaps of everything going out at E3. Join us tonight. It's me, Josh. Austin, Laron, and Corey, we are breaking down everything that happened yesterday at Summer Games Fest, including the Elden Ring trailer. That God, looks it looks so good! Tiny Tina's Wonderland! Oh, you know I'm, Devs, you dude, know I'm, I'm so talking about, about that. Devs. Talking about that. Uh, you know you know anything Ashley Birch has her name attached to, I'm going to be there for. So. Right. It'd be pretty great. Uh, and it's tomorrow night. Uh, we're bringing out a bunch of more stuff. And then Sunday night, we're talking about Xbox and Bethesda and all the good stuff that happened there. Uh, Monday, we all have another show. And then Tuesday's the big one Nintendo 
because you all know we, we got we got a bunch yeah we got a bunch of Nintendo fanboys around here we got we, we got to talk Nintendo that's coming up Tuesday night and be sure to check out our store go to boshbrushgames.com click on the store link and you can get your E3 t-shirt I got mine it'll be here Monday I can't wait to wear it it's gonna be awesome uh, so check that out ladies and gentlemen all of this brought to you by Bosch Rush Games let's get into random ranking this week. I posed an interesting one. I want to know, Josh, what's the top five players whose autographs you want? Oh, man. So, I, of course, like all, the, typically this is going to be a Homer answer, right? Like all of these. It has to be. It has uh, to be. So, for me, no, so top five players, uh, starting at number five, I got Steve Nash. Uh, I, you know, grew up watch, going to Mavs games, watching Steve and Dirk play together. And it's just, you know, always, always have loved Nash. Uh, hated when he went to Phoenix. Uh, couldn't acknowledge the man for a few years there. <laughs> but uh, then, then you know, he uh, he retired, so I could acknowledge him again. Um, number four, I got Cam Chancellor. Uh, personally, my favorite member of the old Legion of Boom. Uh, he really set the tone for that defense. Sure, Thomas and uh, Sherman got the credit, but without Chancellor and strong safety, uh, you, you don't have the execution you did out there. Um, number three... I got Luka Doncic. Uh, if you've heard me at all on this show before, you know my absolute undying love for Luka. <laughs> He's going to become the best played player in NBA history this offseason, yeah. uh, and deservedly so. Uh, he's you know he's already in that conversation of uh, top five players in the league, if not top four. Um, just, God, get Chris Stops out of there. Uh, number two, I got Russell Wilson. Uh, this is going to shock Logan. I think that I didn't pick this as my number one. A little uh, bit, yeah. I got Wilson as my number two, uh, which, I mean, everybody knows what number one will be then. It's Dirk Nowitzki. Um, Dirk is just, to in my mind, he is the perfect athlete that just encapsulates what Dallas is all about, what Dallas and, uh, to an extent, what Texas sports are all about. Um, you know, he's the long, the player that stayed with the franchise the longest in NBA history. He's a very nice guy. I've personally gotten to meet him several times uh, when I worked out at the arena. I got to meet him, Cuban, uh, Tyson Chandler, a lot of the people from the uh, J.J. Barea, a lot of people from the uh, the championship team. Uh, and so that just, that would hold a really special place in my heart to have a uh, an autograph from Dirk. That's awesome, dude. That's a great list, man. It's all homers. It's all Seattle and uh, Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost put Nolan Ryan on there instead of uh, Steve Nash. Yeah. Almost, yeah. but then yeah. I remember my dad as a uh, as a baseball from Nolan Ryan that signed that will be mine one day. So, so number five for me, I, I am going to play the Homer card. Same, I, I'm going to go Mahomes. Right, like who doesn't want an interview for Mahomes? Number four, I am going to also go Steve Nash. Uh, Steve Nash is my favorite NBA player of all time. I did follow him to the Suns because I, you know. <laughs> have respect for players because you know Kansas City doesn't have an NBA team so like growing right. up I picked a player and followed him not a team and so Steve Nash is always my favorite oh, yeah. um, love the guy to death awesome number three I want Tony Hawk's autograph okay okay love me some Tony Hawk man that dude like extreme sports has always been a huge thing for me um, I, I just got tickets the other day for uh, Nitro Circus this is coming down to Wichita. I can't wait to see Nitro Circus live, dude. It's going to be awesome. But extreme sports have always played a very special role in my heart. Like mm-hmm. um, this this weekend with E3, Riders Republic is going to be talked about. Like that is a game meant for me, made for me. I yeah, swear same, to God. Same. Like that. Big same. Big same. Uh, I mean, like 
that that is that that's that's what I grew up on. I played all the Tony Hawk games religiously, and Tony Hawk has been a huge influence on my life. And so, uh, great guy there. Number two, I'm gonna go to the WWE for a second, and I'm gonna go with the rated R superstar Edge. Um, he has become more of an influence to me outside of the ring, even more than in the ring. Um, yesterday, I was working out with my trainer at the gym. And, and my, my trainer had asked me like a month or two ago, like list some examples of like people you look up to like for fitness and everything like that. And I, I put Edge because he does uh, record some of his workouts and puts them up online. We we got done with like our first like 30 minutes. And then uh, Reese is like, all right, man, we're going to go over and let's uh, you ready to get rated R. Of course, I had to make a joke. But then I was like, OK, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And so uh, we we did these uh, we did these leg pull things that edge does and i was like oh my god i'm doing edges workout heck yeah let's do it i was like and i was about dead tired right in the middle that just gave me new life like how edge has been able to come back after a neck injury that should have killed him i mean the dude's just insane i i would love more more than anything i would love to just sit down and talk with him on a podcast for 20 30 minutes just dive into life and and all the fun Mm -hmm. story for sure number one though my favorite football player of all time, number 54 from the Chicago Bears, Brian Erlacher. Erlacher, baby. Erlacher was my childhood hero. I still love the dude to death. Um, the first jersey I ever received was from my grandpa. My grandpa bought me a Brian Erlacher jersey. Like, all-American guy, great hustle, great leader. He, you know, he led, I think, one of the greatest defenses of all time in 2005, 2004, 2006. Um, he's just in and out one of the greatest football players, I think, to ever touch the game. And the fact that he got inducted in the Hall of Fame last year or two years ago was, was just awesome. Like, like Erlacher, top tier for me. God, Erlacher's such a good pick, too. That's such a great guy. He's one of the first, like, defensive players I can remember watching. So I got, I didn't get into the NFL until right around the time that the Bears made that Super Bowl run. Uh, and I remember Erlacher and I, uh, Devin Hester, of course. Um, you know, he's oh, not Devin defense, Hester, the ghost. Jesus goat. Christ. Goat. The absolute Everybody, best return man I've ever seen. Every Bears fan still remembers that 06 Super Bowl when he takes yep. it back on the first play against the Colts. Dude, all all I could think was, oh, man, Manning's really not going to get it after getting to the Super Bowl after all these years. <laughs> And then Manning, you know, went on to distress. Um, and you know, Manning and Manning and Dungey finally got finally got the the big one. Yeah, just hilarious to me that happened with Lovey Smith because you know Lovey and Tony were together with Herm Edwards mm-hmm. in the years, and I still I still give Tony Dungey an extra credit for uh, a Super Bowl because the one that Gruden won in Tampa Bay was really Dungey's doing. Yeah, like. I, I don't. I don't like to give uh, Gruden any credit for that one. I mean, it's, that's very uh, much. That was very much Dungey's defense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the offense. Yeah, the offense tweaked a little bit, but it wasn't anything too special. Hey, let's get. Uh, let's, let's let's wrap the show up. It's time for winners and losers. Each week, we pick people who rock and people who suck. Winners go first because that's how the world works. Uh, Josh, who's your winner this week, man? Uh, the Suns, dude. Come on. Like uh, we're go- we've we've already talked a lot about the Suns, but you know the unlikely candidates at the beginning of the season to make it to the Western Conference Finals, and now you know as you heard Logan and I both say, our favorites to go to the finals, and our hope and dream is for them to win. Uh, you, you can't get much better than that, especially Chris Paul. I mean, 
the, the dudes only had like four turnovers in the last five games or some ridiculous stat like that that I saw. Right. He, he he's posting double doubles like crazy. You know, a lot of us thought uh, Chris Paul's washed up. Oh, he's not worth that contract. And to be clear, I still don't think he's worth that contract. But um, <laughs> he's he finally has a legitimate shot to to win it. And he's probably one of the best players out there right now that does not have a ring. Uh, and he's getting very close to the to the point where he's going to he'll, he'll retire like Barkley, another you know Suns legend. Uh, we don't want him to be in the Barkley class of you could never win the big one. Um, you just you hope and pray. I mean, LeBron LeBron's out of the West right now, so if they can just, if they can get past this uh, Nuggets defense and then make it past the Jazz, I think they've got a realistic shot. Could be really fun to watch. We're going to be definitely paying attention to the NBA playoffs this weekend. My winner this week, let me tell you the tale of Patrick Wisdom. Gets called up from AAA to the Chicago Cubs, then decides in his first nine games he's going to hit eight home runs. My this God. kid's absolutely insane. He looks the part. He looks great. He mm. has just come out of nowhere. And a lot of people are talking about how, you know, Yerman Mercedes is, is the prospect to watch. The Cubs are making a case that the hottest prospect in Chicago plays on the north side with the Cubs. I mean, this kid is just absolutely insane. I, man, I love watching him do it. He, he's just been killing it. Cubs have been on the tear, too. Took the series against the Padres. Yeah, they got, they lost against the Giants last weekend, but uh, they took a total of six game or uh, sorry five games out of uh out of seven from the Padres in the last week so I can't complain about that man I'm looking good who's your loser this week uh the Mavs it, it, this this is such an easy one for me it's not even funny um they went up 2-0 on the Clippers um and I mean statistically teams that go up 2-0 um on the road I believe it is in the NBA playoffs have like a 90% win rate. It was higher before the Mavs lost. Um, and it's funny that it came down to the team to actually win a home game, won the series. Um, every single game was decided on the road with the exception of game seven, which was in LA. Um, th- this one is sorely on one loser, though. One, Kristaps Porzingis. Um, not playing like the $150 million man or whatever <laughs> it is that we paid him. Um you know, he had those, he had some sparks of brilliance last year. You know, of course, there was the game against the Clippers. He held down while Doncic was out. Um, he was pretty much a non factor, though, in the uh, in the series against the Clippers. And it's, how, do you, how do you think the Knicks feel not having to deal with him anymore? Um, I've gotten so many messages from people who are like, LOL, Mavs. Um, and it's like, you know what? I will say this. Yeah, we took the KP trade. And yeah, Mavs fans jokingly refer to it as the Tim Hardaway trade now. Um, that's pretty bad when we had to refer to it as the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade. Um, but it's like, you know, if you're if you're going to sit there and go LOLOL, you know, guys, you just made the playoffs for the first time in, what, a decade? Like, <laughs> maybe Wonker. Like, the last time you got there was with Carmelo and Jeremy Lin, I think. Yeah. So, fuck off? Like... Listen, we haven't been great over the last decade either. I get we have a once-in-a-generation player with Luka, you know. If they can get him some defensive help, I mean, the Mavs are going to terrorize the league. But you got to move now. And with that $200 million extension coming to Luka, it's going to be really hard for them to get pieces in this offseason. they got they got to move KP. 
I've seen some theoreticals like, oh, uh, KP, swap KP for McCollum or for Chris Middleton. And I just, I don't think you do that without giving up some draft picks, which we really can't afford to do. Because we still owe a draft pick to the Knicks for Kristaps. Not happy. Kristaps, it's not even the math. Kristaps Porzingis is my loser of the week. You know what? I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. I, I have two losers this week. One, because of a tweet that just went out from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Marion Humphrey, who's in their secondary, just tweeted out, macaroni and cheese is nothing more than cheese noodles, and they're not good. Uh, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Gross. Just get out of here. My other one is also from the same area. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Cabrian Hayes lost a home run the other night because he missed first base. Saw that rounding, <laughs> it wasn't even close. It's so bad. It, it's so bad. His foot is a good four or five inches away from the back, and yet he still had the audacity to say that he hit first base. Like, dude, it's it's crazy. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, it's just absolutely crazy. It is. It is huge. Uh, so yeah, Cabrian Hayes, which I think this is a perfect metaphor for the pirate season. Like power rankings are, are going up tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, at bosswashgames.com. And and I, I'm gonna write it as like this: is like Cabrian Hayes is kind of a perfect example of what's going on in Pittsburgh. Like they can't even run the bases correctly. Like Dude, it, how? it's so bad. Like listen, the Rangers are bad, but at least we can run the bases when we get on base. Dude, it, this this is just awesome, man. This has been awesome. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch Josh uh, every Thursday on Tower Casuals, twitch.tv slash Bosch Live. Or you can check him out Mondays on a, every brand new episode of Cute List Now About Your Mother. Uh, this week, we are talking about season three and Ted Mosby after a breakup. It's going to be, I, I, think, I think it's a great episode, man. We A lot of, um, a lot of monologuing on that episode. We, we talk a lot about lessons. Lessons that you need to learn, people. Yeah, I, man, I really enjoy doing Q-List. It's, it's been so much fun. It's been awesome. Uh, clearly, ladies and gentlemen, you at home are liking it, too, because like I said, I, this, this has been a phenomenal season number-wise already, but, and that's not why we do this. Uh, you know, it's it's a show that we're both passionate about. That's just an added bonus. Be sure to check out all the awesome content we produce this weekend on Boss Rush Network, go to BossRushGames.com. Check out all of our E3 coverage. Catch us live every night at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central, twitch.tv slash BossRushGames live as we recap each day's big E3 press conferences with a full panel. Sometimes there will be seven of us. Sometimes there will be four of us. Just check it all out at BossRushGames.com. For Josh, I'm Logan. Peace out.